Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's only Tuesday and we got a whole week's worth of, uh, of problems already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. There, There is so much news going on between Trump and also uh, the head of the U.N., people calling for him to get uh, fired in a few moments. Wow. In the studio with us, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, we have Craig Eaton, and we have uh, former First Deputy Mayor uh, Rudy Washington. And guys, I don't know where to begin. Uh, by the way, the good news is to, tomorrow uh, we have Back to Blue. And we're respecting our police officers, and we're and we're honoring our police officers, and and um, all day long, by the way, all day long, and we're going to have the every single layer of our, our great men and women in blue. Rosanna Scotto's show this morning, uh, uh, and I called upon uh, solve the problem the way uh, Peter Valone and David Dinkins solved it, and and then subsequently Rudy Giuliani and Judge Weinberg, you were there. Yes, sir. I, I was. called. I called so, upon them. Hire five thousand more police officers, and 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 let's fix the New York. I mean, what say you? You did you you were there with Peter Valone in right. nineteen eighty eight when they did it. Yeah, but the, the money's not there. And hey, the, and money, we got to find the money. We got to find the money. Well, the, money given to them, the money was given to uh, to uh, to them by the federal government. Right. That was under David Dinkins and Peter Valone. Yeah. And and we and got the benefit of can it. Can I say one thing? The will isn't there, too, because but, that, but that's a guys, big problem. Guys, before, I want 5,000 officers but, more in New York. Cap, before, I want to straighten out New York. Before, before, before the micro problem, we were $10 billion in the out-year deficit. According to the mayor... By the end of his term, he's adding twelve billion. So we're going to be twenty-two. We'll be talking layoffs if we're not lucky. It, well, they're talking about cutting yeah, but, all the departments, including counterterrorism. Yeah, you know how much, how much money, how much money the city councilmen give out every year to the little pet projects. Cut them all off. Safety in New York City, bringing people safety back, in New York safety City, bringing is people back one. into our offices is number and, one. And I Stop. told, and I told everybody that there's fifty-one city council seats coming up in in three weeks. And if we don't have safety in the streets, vote for the people that are going to keep you safe. Absolutely. Now, now, judges, y'all can't see him, but he got a smile I'm on right his face. I'm From right over here, Rudy. Yes, yeah, so let's, yeah, let's, he got let's, a big smile on his all face. All right, what does this smile but, say, Judge? Come on. We know exactly what you have to do to make this city safe again. But as you correctly point out, Rita, is not the will to do it. Yeah, you can find always, the money. You can always say Listen, I will tell you, when we came up with the idea, when Valone came up with the idea – and one of the, our colleagues said, well, Weinberg, you came up with the idea for more cops. How are we going to pay for it? I said, I gave you the key to saving the city. You figure out how to fund it. You can always find money because there's always, always hidden right. sources. And Rudy Washington got, deputy mayor knows got, that. And Rudy Washington, you were deputy mayor. There's money buried all over of the place. Of course. But look, of course, exactly but look right. what everybody has to understand, a budget is a political document. It yes. tells a story. So if the emphasis is not on crime fighting, not on uh, firefighters, 
It's they the, want electric buses. That's what they exactly. want. Exactly. Oh, it is. And, and by the way, exactly. you were there. Exactly. You were there. That's you were the there. Missing, How did they say that? Well, and you were there after 9-11. And I can't think of another time right now with all the protests, everything else that's happening, our open border. We should be beefing up counterterrorism, Rudy Washington. Not, this I is agree. abomination. I'm not cutting it back. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Find I the money. I think Alan Dershowitz is on. Put him on. He the is. Yes, we have Harvard Law Professor Emeritus. Alan Dershowitz's great book is Get Trump. Professor Dershowitz, you know, we're obviously talking about security in the homeland. I, I want to play a comment before we go to you, Professor Dershowitz. Sure. This is the big news of the day. This is amazing. Uh, this is the UN Secretary General, uh, from, uh, Portugal, Antonio Gutierrez, basically saying Israel brought it upon itself, these attacks. It's disgusting. Take a listen. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. This is the head of the UN. Professor Dershowitz, the UN ambassador, is saying this guy should resign after a disgusting, shocking speech. Your thoughts? He is, he is the most pro-Israel head of the UN in many, many years. That's which scary. A lot That's scary. Wow. No, it's really scary. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Israel offered to end the occupation in 67. 1990, 1991, 2000, 2001. In 2007, they offered to give them 98% of the West Bank, the entire half of Jerusalem as a capital, uh, a right of return for, I don't remember, 10,000 people, the most unbelievable deal. And they said, no, the Palestinians don't know how to take yes for an answer. It's all their fault. And the most interesting thing is, forget about this head of the U.N., there hasn't been a single pro-Palestine demonstration in any college campus. What, you say? You see them on television. None of them are pro-Palestine. They're all anti-Israel, pro-Hamas. And Hamas is the most anti-Palestine organization there is. They kill Palestinian leaders. They use Palestinian children as human shields. You know, they say these humanitarian crises, it's of Hamas's creation. There are millions of barrels of oil and energy in the Gaza Strip which are being held and stolen by Hamas. Hamas stole the the food. Hamas steals the oil. Hamas steals the medical devices. And should Israel be giving aid, they call it humanitarian aid, to Hamas? It's not getting to the people. Hamas is the villain here, and there's only one villain, and it's Hamas. And do they represent the people of Gaza? Well, the people of Gaza voted for them. They bear some responsibility for it. When you hear about all these civilians being killed, I would say 50% of them are people who are complicit with Hamas one way or another. And then the children, who are the children? They're 18-year-olds who are throwing bombs and sending rockets, 17-year-olds. They're not children. What about the women? Women are terrorists as well as men. So we're hearing a complete and total myth about what's going on. This is a one-sided battle. It's Israel versus the evils of Hamas 
facilitated by Iran and helped by the United Nations. Alan, it's Richard Weinberg. And the other thing that people don't seem to understand is it's a deliberate policy on the part of Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran to increase the body counts, the so-called innocent victims, as a strategy to control the narrative. What say you? You know what I've you know what I've been doing for the last ten days, starting from right after these events occurred. I sat down and I wrote a book called The War Against the Jews, How to Stop Hamas Barbarity. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. In it, I talk about what Hamas itself calls the CNN strategy. I call it the dead baby strategy. They deliberately put babies and children as human shields, knowing that Israel has to attack the rockets and knowing that there will be some children killed. Then they take the babies, put them in front of CNN cameras, put them in front of Al Jazeera cameras, put them in front of BBC cameras, and suddenly the world is saying, oh, my God, the victims are the ones who are at fault, the women who are raped, the children who are beheaded. It's their fault. It's not poor Hamas's fault. And if that continues, it will happen over and over and over and over again. I first started writing about this in 2002, and it's happened repeatedly because the world tolerates it. it the reason terrorism works is because it's rewarded. Terrorists are rewarded and the victims of terrorism, like Israel, are punished. And but that's, that's why you got to be tough on. on terrorists, too, and tough on on, and on, the on the mastermind. And that's where I feel like, you know, I just finally heard today, Professor Dershowitz, and you and I disagree on this, um, because I just finally heard today uh, the administration saying, well, maybe Iran did have some direct, they, they won't say in this attack, but they're inching, if they had been tough on Iran to begin with, I contend they Look, wouldn't have been I able to fundle the war. They wouldn't be I able to fund it. Look, this is going to sound very warmongering, but I have been saying this for years now. The only way to stop terrorism by Hamas and Hezbollah is to take it out on Iran. They are the puppet masters. Israel and the United States ought to use this as an opportunity to bomb Iran's nuclear reactor. We should be bombing it anyway. Imagine if Hezbollah and Hamas were armed with nuclear weapons, or even if Iran were armed with nuclear weapons. This is the time to, together jointly, arrange an operation and destroy Iran's nuclear capacity. The world will, will accept it at this point more than they would accept it at other points because they know that Iran is behind this. And the only way to send a powerful message to Iran is to destroy its most valuable facility, that, that is its, its nuclear arsenal facility, which they deny they have, but of course they have it. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. Craig. I have one question for you. What do yeah. you think the White House and Biden are afraid of by not going after Iran? What is the? I know why they're not going after China. China. They're not going after China because there's the business relationships with China. I think there's a lot of danger there yeah. for them. But why are they afraid of, of going after Iran? Well, they're afraid that it will widen the war and that China might get involved, Russia might get involved. Russia's a little busy these days. China is also busy planning its takeover of Taiwan, which will eventually happen if the United States doesn't show any background. So I think that bombing the Iranian nuclear reactor would send a very powerful message, a very powerful message. Now, I'm not a Trump supporter. As you know, I voted against him. I do believe that if Trump were the president now, he would probably be at this point thinking about bombing Iran. And I don't know whether or not this administration is thinking about that. But it should be. And but Israel, I know. Professor, it, it, it I'll, take, I'll take a mean tweet over a mean terrorist any day of the week. But if Trump <laughs> was president, he wouldn't have released the $6 billion, and we wouldn't be in this predicament right now. And yeah. to follow up on that, uh, he would have turned 
uh, the Israeli army loose and would be backing them completely, you know, as opposed to I think this is all a delay tactic. Taking of hostages was part of the plan, and uh, the president is playing his role, and that is to tie the hands up of the Israeli army and delay the process. And we'll be sitting here probably weeks from now talking about two hostages, three hostages released, and so forth, to the point that the momentum will shift from Israel to Hamas uh, on the PR battle. Um, It's already shifted. It's already shifted. Do you see the polls that show that, I don't know, 85 90% of Americans support Israel? But when you get below the age of 21, they support Hamas. What is going on in our colleges and universities today? What's going on in the City University of New York Law School, the worst law school in the United States of America? A scandal? I mean, this is part of the City University of New York. It's supposed to be a decent place. I went to Brooklyn College. I won't give a nickel to the City University of New York as long as it has that law school, which has become the Der Sturma, the Nazi uh, center of anti-Semitism. By the way, I'm happy to see a lot of a lot of people are pulling out. Before we let you go, Professor Dershowitz, I want to make sure we get to another big story today. Sure. Um, and and this is the the Trump case. This is the fraud case in New York. Michael Cohen testified. Of course, he was his longtime attorney. Apparently, they hadn't seen each other in five years, and testified that he says that Trump falsified documents to inflate his wealth. That he was aware of it. This just came a second ago that the former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, granted immunity. This is in the election case in D.C. So how do you read all of this? Well, it's so interesting. You know, Rudy Giuliani used to come to my class when I taught legal ethics and tactics at, at Harvard Law School. And he would always talk about the dominoes falling. He would prosecute a whole bunch of people in the expectation that some of them would fall off and make deals and testify. And I used to respond to him by saying, You know, when you get people to flip and become witnesses, they not only sing, they sometimes compose. They make up stories because they want to please the prosecutors. And so I think that Cohen will be hopefully effectively cross-examined and let the truth come out. That's all we want is the truth to come out, but not exaggerated truth. And let's see. But this case, the civil case in New York, is absurd. Nobody has ever been prosecuted before for allegedly over-valuing property or um, claiming that Mar-a-Lago is worth more than $17 million. As I've said before, I'll buy it for $17 million today. And, <laughs> I'll go and, in with you, well, Professor. Yeah, we it. all will. And then we'll <laughs> flip it and be rich. Yeah. yeah, Rudy Washington then wants to flip it, and then he'll make tons of <laughs> money. Right, right. <laughs> professor Dershowitz, thank you so much for joining us. We always love pleasure. having you thank here. Thank you, Professor. I always love being on. Thank you. Thank you. And, John, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to be talking to Israel's former ambassador. This is the one to the U.N. And also word that the U.S. Uh, is very concerned, especially the Biden administration, that they may get pulled into the war in Israel. Very, very nervous. Well, I've that. talked to a lot of intelligence people, and they're very scared that this whole thing will go out of control. Wow. We're going to talk about that after the break. A lot ahead. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby and so many things happening with Israel and also more U.S. troops on high alert. Uh, joining us now to talk about also the stunning comments from the U.N. Secretary General essentially saying that Israel brought it on itself, uh, which I think is just uh, horrible, and obviously a lot of people are outraged, is the former ambassador. He was the representative from Israel to the United Nations. Ambassador Danny Danan uh, calling us there from Israel. Ambassador, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, your reaction, I know that the current ambassador uh, was sickened and is now calling for the U.N. Secretary General to resign. Your thoughts? Well, I couldn't believe what I heard. You know, I know uh, Secretary Guterres for many years, and I never heard him speaking that way against Israel. Uh, and I think he should immediately retract his words or resign. You know, what basically he did, he justified the acts of the Hamas terrorists. You know, those who actually slaughtered innocent Israelis, raped our daughters and kidnapped more than 200 people. And he basically justified it. It's shameful. You know, we didn't expect much from the U.N., but when you hear such allegations from the Secretary General, it is outrageous. Yeah. So why do you think there is this anti-Israel? It just seems like at every turn. And I'll tell you, I've been disappointed by the White House. The White House, you know, was asked about anti-Semitism. I don't know if you saw this, Mr. Ambassador. And like right out of the gate, it was, yeah, there shouldn't be any attacks on Muslims. Nobody, of course, wants hate crimes on either side. But they spent, it seemed, more time talking about, you know, Gaza. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's Israel. Like, Israel was like an aside. It just sort of shows where their priorities are. So we, we should be very vocal about it. We should, they should remember exactly what happened uh, two weeks ago uh, when 2,000 terrorists stormed our communities at 6.30 a.m. and committed a horrible massacre. You know, we haven't seen such a barbaric behavior since the days of the Holocaust. So we, we cannot sit idly by. With all due respect to the U.N., we are going to defend ourselves. We are going to go in Gaza. We will find those terrorists and we will bury them. That's what we will do. Ambassador, what they're doing right now is releasing two at a time every few days. That way, delaying, 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 because all, all they're saying, to, you know, what the United States is trying to tell you, I guess, uh, wait, we're getting more, we're getting more people back. And I mean, it seems, uh, the, the right thing would have been if, uh, if Israel went in the next day and attacked. So we, we are ready. We are ready to move to the next uh, stage. And I think now it's up to us to decide when and how to do it. And it's going to be long, John. It's going to be a long operation. You know, they are waiting for us. 
you know, they, for years, they took the funding from the UN uh, and from other countries, and they invested in building tunnels beneath Gaza. So it's going to be a complicated operation. So I told the, the commander, take your time, do whatever you need, but uh, don't put uh, our soldiers in any danger. Take your time and do this process as long as it takes. And Ambassador uh, Danny Donato, are they also, are you getting a sense from other people uh, in the world? And obviously, listen to what the UN Secretary General said, but there's been a lot of reports of even the Biden administration saying, go slow. We want to get humanitarian aid. They have other priorities, it seems. Is there, is, does there feel like there has been pressure on Israel by some countries? Well, we hear more and more about the humanitarian needs of the Palestinians in Gaza. I ask my colleagues from different capitals, what about the humanitarian needs of our people? What about those people who were abducted? You know, we have nine months old baby in the hands of Hamas, Holocaust survivors, more than 200 people, uh, families, entire families were kidnapped. So with all due respect, I want to get answers first for our humanitarian needs before the raise uh, what happened in Gaza. Mr. Ambassador, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. Good to talk to you again. My concern is if you don't take care of Hamas now, you're just going to have to do it again in six months or a year. The whole history there is they're trying to weaken Israel with a longer-term war of attrition, and they're getting stronger, and Israel is more at risk. What say you? I agree with you. You know, for many years I, I called for a full eradication of Hamas, and, and many times people said that it's not realistic. I think now, after what happened to us, people realize that we have no other option. We have to go all the way. We have to finish the job now with Hamas. Whatever it takes, we have to do it. Uh, because otherwise, like you mentioned, Judge, they will come again with more force. And, and uh, who knows what will happen to us next time. And Ambassador, you know, some of the reports that have come out in the last like 24 hours, you know, some of the footage, uh, it is it is gut-wrenching uh, to see what happened to the Israelis, uh, the, they were just savagely beaten. I mean, uh, raping uh, people after they killed them. I mean, some horrible stories and, and beheading babies. People have seen the images. These guys are animals. And not only that. Even worse, you know, even worse than animals. You know, we have seen barbaric behavior by ISIS, Al-Qaeda. We never saw what Hamas uh, did uh, to our people. You know, we, we never saw that. Uh, even ISIS, you know, the way they dealt with, uh, with children was different. So they crossed you know, every line that you can imagine. And that's why we have to fight evil. We have to be well, strong, well, committed, determined, and fight evil and, and defeat evil. Ambassador, this is Rudy Washington. I, I would say don't be disturbed by the U.N. I mean, they're, they're responding now to, you know, all of those countries like Turkey and, and Egypt and Jordan and all this and Syria and and now they're para, they're basically saying what they want, uh, and that's what this uh, general is speaking about. So I wouldn't put much faith in them at all. Yeah, sadly, it's sadly, sadly, sadly. It's a sad state. Um, Ambassador Danny Denon, thank you so much for being with us. We really, thank really appreciate much. it. Our thoughts and prayers are thank with you. you guys so much. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And um, Tony Schaefer now is joining us, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, to talk about the military aspect and what you were just saying, John, about the U.S. and concern that it may get pulled in in a big way. Some of our intelligence people, Tony, are telling me that uh, they're 
very concerned that it's going to spin out of control. What say you on that? Well, you're correct, and I think that's the concern. I've met with some folks at the Pentagon last week, and, and they're stuck with what, what I think I would summarize as a strategic dilemma. They have a number of uh, potential spark points, fire, you know, potential uh, big wars that could start. We're already engaged in Ukraine. We're looking at trying to support the Israelis. After, by the way, uh, the, the wartime stocks in Israel was raided back in January by this administration to give those resources to Ukraine. And this has been acknowledged by John Kirby. Uh, Kirby's actually come out and said, we're short of ammunition, which I would have not recommended they do since I don't think that's a wise thing to do. I think you encourage enemies to consider doing things they wouldn't otherwise do. And they're trying to think through uh, these set of issues. And, and Pat Ryder, General Ryder, the spokesman for, for General Austin today, I think did a, a – and I rarely give out compliments, but I think Pat did a good job of outlining this publicly today about our challenges without going into great detail. But at this point, nobody should question the right of the Israelis to go into Gaza and do what's necessary to cut out the cancer of Hamas. And so instead of us focusing on that, you have a global media trying to distract us trying to do all this equivocation of saying it should be a, 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 a ceasefire, which I, I think would only allow for our enemies like the Iranians to do more attacks against uh, U.S. positions in the Middle East. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to spread us very thinly across the board, uh, death by a thousand cuts, at the same time distract us from what needs to be done, which is support the Israelis and the effort to go in there and do what's necessary to, to basically remove Hamas from any sort of power within that region. Craig? Yeah, Lieutenant, this is Craig Eaton. What concerns me the most is that the strikes that Iran is doing on U.S. bases, I mean, they're, they're testing the waters here, and it's very scary. Yeah, yeah 13, 13, 13, 13 I mean, strikes on two bases, um, one in Iraq, one in Syria. In the last week, Craig, in the last week, Tony. It's almost like yeah. they're forcing our hand. Well, uh, one note, uh, I have been a lieutenant since 1988, but otherwise, yes, they are trying to force our hand into doing things to overplay our hand. And that's why you have two carrier battle groups. One is already there, the Gerald R. Ford. You have the second heading, I believe, to the Red Sea, which is the Eisenhower carrier battle group. And we're, the idea is to be prepared to deal with the very thing you mentioned. The other issue, which I think you guys have already probably talked about, is Hezbollah. Hezbollah has a vote in this. The Israelis have already been doing things to deter any ability of them to do anything regarding military operations. The Israelis have already hit positions of Hezbollah as well as they've hit Syria. They've actually taken some offensive action there to make sure that people are reminded. And I think uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu has already said, uh, Hezbollah doing anything, they would live to regret for what they do. So it is something that clearly everybody recognizes that we don't want to see it expand past. But I think the Israelis are doing the right thing by saying, if you do expand it past it, you're going to regret that decision. But then on the flip side, Tony Schaefer, yeah. um, you know, we hear, I hear the Biden administration, they kept saying the one word, don't. I mean, yeah. they they are still they kind of so, inched a little closer today, kind of tying Iran, but they're still not saying it directly. But they, it's this whole appeasement. It's this whole gray. If I'm Iran, I, I I hear don't that that doesn't say much. No, let me tell you what they're doing. They're playing not to lose. When you play not to lose, you you're lose. Going to lose across the. That's lose, right. Yeah. Instead of trying to achieve specific objectives to win, they're trying not to lose. Now, let me tell you, right now, Biden is, a, is, a, is trying to negotiate with Hamas via their, their leaders in Qatar to get U.S. citizens back. At the same time, we're deploying uh, Lieutenant General Glenn, U.S. Marine Corps, to help advise the, Iranian, the Israelis on how to go back into Hamas, in, into, and deal with Hamas. So there's a duality of purpose and unclear policy from the White House itself. 
And again, to your point, all these cuts by, you know, these thousand cuts combined with a lack of clear strategic thinking and leadership is what the enemy's counting on. And I'm sorry, I'll just say it. Joe Biden and his national security team are essentially showing themselves to be a high school debating team pretending to be national security experts because they, they are mucking things up every step of the way that they move. Uh, Tony uh, Schaefer, thank you. And uh, we pray for America because I, I've i never been worried as much as I worry now. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. We all are worried, and we should be. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Let's take a break, and when we come back. Thank you, Colonel Schaefer. We have Senator Joe Lieberman. What's going on uh, with uh, no labels? Yep. Is anybody running the third party? Let's take that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. We're going to be talking to Senator Joe Lieberman in just a minute. We're also going to be talking about the homeland uh, with Congressman Anthony D'Esposito. And, you know, Craig, you brought up the point about that we heard from Tony Schaefer. We're out of bullets. They even announced that publicly. We telegraphed it to everybody around the world that we have no more ammunition. I mean, and, it's and, Rudy, we have, it's and Rudy, your point. Yeah. You don't tell your enemies your weakness. And yes. not only that, we depleted our fuel reserves, you know, playing political games during the last congressional race. So now we've depleted the reserves and we've announced that we have a shortage on ammo and the $80 billion worth of weaponry we left in Afghanistan, we're now facing on the battlefield. Right. They repurposed it. Yeah, now repurposed Hamas it. is using I, I mean, some So we of took it. the keys. We took the keys to the tanks. Oh, oh so they can't drive. They were very happy, the White House. Yeah, you can hotwire. It's called hotwire. So the <laughs> so leave it in a Brooklyn neighborhood. They'll hotwire it down any the problem, street. <laughs> the problem is that all of this was foreseeable because when you had the enabler in chief, Barack Obama, cutting the steel and empowered Iran. They didn't have a limitation on funding terrorism in the deal. They didn't have limitation on missiles. And they didn't have a limitation and an abolition of the right to get nuclear weapons. All those reasons. The, the deal was floored from the beginning that, that goes directly to Obama and to Kerry. And Biden has made it worse. Now, by the so way, you brought, hand, up, you, brought up, hand you brought up made Obama. It worse. Obama, I, this to me is stunning, Judge Weinberg. And John, last night, uh, Obama comes out with this statement saying is the Israel operation in Gaza may backfire, like kind of go slow. And I'm thinking this is the architect of the deal with Iran with the pallets of cash. Yeah. The, I mean, you worst. can't make it up. Just it's the, disgusting. Just the that, that should have been a treaty. It never should have gone into operation. Trump was right for rescinding it. You have to give Trump credit for understanding who your enemy is. If you don't understand who your enemy is, there's no way you can win. Yeah, it is scary. That, to me, is a really, it's a frightening situation. And, you know, John, you just hit on a very powerful point. And I don't know why, but I just, there is such a nervous sense right now because you're dealing with these characters, you're dealing with Hamas, you're dealing with Hezbollah, obviously the mastermind being Iran. You've got the Houthis over there in Yemen. They're they're prodding, they're poking all these U.S. bases. There was also divers today uh, clearly Hamas isn't done with Israel yet. Um, they are still there. Six divers, Hamas divers were eliminated. This is just a really nervous time, John, with the open border, too. It's a scary time. Look, we got I, I think there's terrorists that come through those borders and where the heck they are in the, in, our, in the United States. Well, New York is always there talking. Yeah, sadly. And sadly. That's on, and that's on Joe Biden. 
for failing to do his constitutional obligation to protect and defend this country. Open borders is on Joe Biden. So, you guys, I want to read so some where's, numbers. So where's Joe Lieberman? We're waiting Joe for Joe. Tiller. We're waiting for Joe. Control booth, what happened to yeah, Joe Lieberman? We're waiting for Joe. Um, while we're waiting for Joe, I want to read you some numbers here from the terrorist watch list, because this just puts it all in perspective, as you were just talking about, John. 2017, two on the terrorist watch list. 2018, six, zero, 2019, 2023, 2021, 15, 19. This year, so far, 169. It is a 7,000% increase. If you're on the terror watch list, you basically are, you know, uh, yeah, that's a, we, that's well, the numbers we know. Us. That's the numbers we know. Yeah, well, the numbers we know. All you guys are going through the uh, uh, airport, taking your belts off, taking your shoes off. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can't make this up. No, you can't. I mean, what is Washington doing? What is the president doing? Yeah, and nothing. And that's the thing. We're not hearing anything. One of the things when we talked to Congressman D, uh, Anthony D'Esposito is what um, we heard yesterday from D'Amato, who says, don't sign another appropriations bill until there are guarantees at the border that there's going to be extra security and extra enforcement. But I we're not hearing that Sen- at all. I understand Senator Lieberman on his, is on another call right now, and he'll be coming on. He's, I'm sure, uh, um, Okay, hot man let's take, let's take, why don't we take uh, the congressman that was supposed to be after Senator? Yep. yep, we're getting him. We're getting him any moment. Yeah, yep. You know, it's we're, funny okay. we talk we talk about all the stuff that's going on, but a lot of this is taking the heat off of Hunter Biden now. That's that, true. That, that's gone up. That's gone you can, out of you the can, newspapers. You can so, blame the, you know. the crazy eight Republicans yeah. who blew out McCarthy, who was a great speaker, for nobody paying attention to it anymore because the hearings have stopped. And by the way, did you Failure. see the latest? Yeah, but, but even, the even latest, so, Emmert is out of the race, so yeah, now they, yeah. they're going back to square one. But uh, even Senator so, Judge, Lieberman, wouldn't be here. Senator Lieberman is on? Yep, I understand. We have Senator Joe Lieberman. And, uh, Senator, we're so happy to have you here. Of course, uh, the great senator from the state of Connecticut, also one of the head folks there at No Labels. And, Senator, we're so right. honored to have you here. You're, first of all, we are talking, there's so much concern now with what's going on, you know, worried about the homeland, but so worried of what's going on with Israel. Your thoughts, first off, uh, on where all of this is headed. It's a scary time. Yeah, it's a tough time. I apologize first. I got a little cold and sore throat, but I hope you can hear me and understand me. Yes. Um, it, you know, it happened that uh, we were visiting Israel on October 7th. So we were there in Jerusalem when the sirens went off and it was unreal, um, but uh, it got to be painfully real as it went on. Uh, it, to me, this is all a plan uh, that may have been carried out by people in Hamas from Gaza, but the real command of this is in Iran with the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and that extremist radical regime. And uh, honestly, they've got to be they got to be held accountable. They've not. I mean, in this case, they not only killed and kidnapped Israelis, they, they killed and kidnapped Americans. And right now, as John Kirby at the White House said today, um, they're um, through their militias in Iraq and Syria firing at American military personnel in uh, Iraq. I mean, in in an earlier time, this would be an act of war, and the United States would respond. And I think we've come to that time where we've got to point the finger at the people who are really making all this misery occur, uh, who hate America and hate Israel, 
And that's the uh, current regime in Iran. So, Senator, what, what do you when you say hold Iran accountable, what what do you think needs to be done to hold them accountable? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for military action against some targeted sites in Iran. I mean, they think they can hide in uh, Tehran and uh, uh, sort of manipulate everybody in the region. Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis in Yemen, they're uh, extremist terrorist militias in Iraq uh, and Syria. But we can't get them, let them get away with it anymore. And um, I, I think we should be thinking about um, hitting some strategic uh, targets. Like, some of their um, nuclear sites? The no, I wouldn't do that yet. I'd go after their uh, IRGC uh, facilities where they plan this stuff. I'd go after some of the missile factories and uh, drone factories. I mean, I, th- I think that we, we've got we to let them know that we know that they're responsible for this. They are enemies of the United States. They're enemies of Israel. They're enemies of our allies in the Arab world. And uh, we've got to call them out and do more than that. I mean, um, George Schultz, a great former Secretary of State, once said that if you point a gun at somebody and you tell them, if you do this, I'm going to shoot you, and they do it, you better shoot them. Well, that's what Iran has done. And uh, they, they just created havoc. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, why, uh, Senator, why is uh, uh, President Biden not – I mean, no, there's no place else all these missiles are coming from, and there's no place else that supplying that many uh, uh, missiles and rockets to uh, uh, the Hamas. Right. Why are we not saying it? Well, we've begun to, but we haven't acted. I agree with you, John. You look at, I mean, it's so obvious. Um, Hamas, maybe, uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization. They're capable of killing people, but they're not on their own capable of what they did on October 7th. And um, let's, let's assume that they figured out some way to avoid Israeli intelligence, knowing what they were doing. But there was no way they would have, as you just said, John, uh, come up with four or five thousand missiles to fire at Israel. That all came from Iran. Absolutely. And, um, uh, yeah. So I, I'm just saying it's not going to get better unless we hold Iran accountable. And uh, the Israelis have to take care of Hamas, and I think they will. But um, we we, we got to go to the the head of the snake, as it were. And, and that's, uh, that's in Tehran. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Senator, before we let you go, I want to ask you about no labels, too. Um, what, what's yeah. going on with no labels? Is, is Joe Manchin running? Is, are they going to throw a candidate in? Well, right now, um, we're in a situation where people are really uh, saying, uh, go ahead and, and run a third ticket, a bipartisan ticket, because we don't like the two major parties, and we don't want to have another Trump-Biden choice to make. So we're working very hard to get access to the ballots in all 50 states. Today, we qualified in Mississippi. That's 12. By the end of the year, we'll be over 20. We're right on target. And um, we're going to see where we are in March. But in November, we're going to actually begin the process of recruiting uh, uh, and vetting candidates for our ticket for president and vice president. So honestly, we don't know who it will be. Joe Manchin is certainly somebody who's been a centrist and an independent, and he deserves to be considered. If he, he's a very, I met him many times. He's a very decent person. He's a decent person. He's got, he's got a real sense of American 
values, and this is a guy who wants to get things done. So if he's interested, he'd certainly be on the list. But there'll be a lot of people interested. Governor Larry Hogan, the former Republican governor of Maryland, somebody who'd been involved with us at No Labels, he's another one. And, and there may be some people from outside of politics or business leaders or former uh, military leaders who we want to consider. So uh, and, and we're, we're doing something that I think the American people want us to do. And um, we're only going to do it if we think we actually have a chance to win. But I honestly think uh, right now, if, if the election or the nomination was now, we would have a chance to win because people are so fed up with the two parties. Look what happened today again in the Republican caucus in the House. Uh, they just can't choose a speaker because because there's a tyranny of the minority. The majority doesn't rule anymore, and people are not willing to compromise. And, John, you know that, that that's part of what yeah. has always made our country Absolutely. work. And, by the way, we have a congressman. Yeah. We have Congressman uh, Anthony D'Esposito waiting because we're going to ask him exactly about that. Uh, Senator uh, Joe Lieberman, I, I, thank you. And thank by the way, you, Senator, feel, I am, feel better. Your, your yes. throat sounds terrible. And I'm yeah. glad you're okay. Yeah. You were there in Israel on October 7th. I'm so glad you're uh, okay. Yeah, thank God. So thank I'm going to be having a lot of chicken soup tonight. Okay, Johnny? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Senator. Always great to have you God here. God bless you, and I pray for you, and uh, yeah. get, get well soon. Thank you. Thank okay, you. let's go to uh, yep. Congressman D'Esposito. And uh, what the heck are you guys doing in Washington? Yeah, we're trying to get a speaker. That's what we're trying to do. It's been a well, bring uh, a back rough... McCarthy and get it over with. I mean, enough of delays, John. I tell you right now, this we should have never been in this situation. We saw uh, what happened a couple weeks ago when when Matt Gates and a, and a handful of Republicans, less than three percent of the Republican conference, joined with every member of the Democrat uh, to oust uh, Speaker McCarthy. First time we vacated the chair of the. Speaker of the House in the history. When, of when you're United down States. on the floor, tell them those eight uh, congressmen they got three chances of getting a, a renewed, and yeah, well, the first two are slim and none. Yeah, exactly. And and now we've gone through. You know, we went through Leader Scalise, who, uh, who who's a great leader, and and obviously is battlefield tested. We went through uh, Jim Jordan. Um, you know, now Tom Emmer, and now we're going back into conference in, in a few minutes. Uh, with a new slate of candidates. And it's just, listen, the American people are watching. Um, this is a, a time when we should be focused on putting appropriation bills on the floor. This is a time we should be focusing on supporting Israel, our, our greatest ally. This is a time where we should be delivering on the promises we made uh, during our campaign. Instead, we are watching people taking out personal vendettas on the floor of the House of Representatives. Congressman, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again. I'll tell you what I'm troubled by. You have the crazy eight in the Republican Party, and there's a lot of blame for them for causing this chaos. And yet you have Gates on the weekend saying he's unapologetic. He, he's very happy to turn out this way. But equal blame goes to the uh, the Democrats in the House because they could have stood by McCarthy. They could have done the right thing and supported him the first time this thing came up. So this was a joint venture by the crazy eight and the Democratic Party. So there's blame on both of those parties. Judge, I, I agree wholeheartedly, and I think one of the things that's most hypocritical is that, you know, one of the, 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 the catalysts that uh, Gates claims uh, is the reason why he put forth the motion to vacate was because uh, during the, the, the CR vote, uh, McCarthy needed Democrats in order to pass that, and, and, and he... Uh, in, in hypocrisy at its finest, needed the same. He needed every single Democrat in order to vacate the chair of the House. People say that, that the, the Republicans aren't 
uh, unified. I mean, 97% of our conference is unified. And 100% of the Democratic Congress. That's what I was going to say. The Democrats all stick together. Right. With all this, this is Craig Eaton, Congressman. With all the conflicts going on right now, it's crazy. But I have a question for you. Is there any chance of getting Kevin McCarthy back on on track to, to win this race? I'm not sure. You know, I, I spoke to Spiegel McCarthy just a few minutes ago. Uh, I think that, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's very smart. He, he knows this institution better than most. Um, and I think he's sitting back and, and, you know, he is very upset at how this unfolded. And, and to him, it's not all personal. Uh, this is about, uh, the fact that the American people are looking at us and that, and that this is a stain on, on the institution. And the fact that, uh, Gates and, and crew, uh, put this put this forward without any plan. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the part that bothers us the most is one thing to, to make a motion to vacate the chair and, and succeed. There's another that when it happens, you sit there and shoulder shrug because you had no plan in place. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Congressman Anthony D'Esposito, thank you. We wish you luck because uh, the American public much. and the world needs leadership right now. Wow. Thank you. We'll do let's, our best. Take care. You. Let's take a break and uh, let's find out where the polls are. We got uh, Mark Penn, and he's got the, some polls on where the American people are at. Let's take that break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we're going to get to the poster in one moment. By the way, everybody, uh, a big town hall tonight. Uh, Craig Eaton, you can appreciate this. In Rockaway, uh, this is at the Knights of Columbus Hall. It is 333 Beach, 90th Street. And our own Sid Rosenberg and Curtis Lewa are going to be there talking about the migrant shelter at Floyd Bennett Field, yeah. not far away. I, I went to the last two that they had right in front of Floyd Bennett Field and... It was amazing the crowd they had. There's the no charge crowd. for admission for no, the entertainment. No charge, no charge. <laughs> but I'm telling you, they are really getting the message out to the people in Marine Park and Garrison Beach and the Rockaways and in Breezy Point because they are directly impacted. Right. These migrants. I mean, go in the, there. the week after it's Bill O'Reilly and and Sid Rosenberg, and they're charging money to, to see it. So this one is free. So you know, you show, yeah, show, show up for the entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Well, and right, speaking of which, yeah, Walk we're talking ahead. a lot about Israel and some of these protests, not just the migrant protests, but obviously the anti. Israel protests that are taking place. And joining us now is Mark Penn. He is the chairman and CEO of Stagwell, uh, one of the great pollsters out there. Mark, Rita Cosby, it's great to talk with you, my friend. And uh, your thoughts that you wrote a really powerful story about the generation gap uh, between Israel and Hamas, because we're all shaking our heads going, where are these people who are saying, you know, anti-Israel, pro-Hamas, and they're out there on the streets? Yeah, no, because I was really puzzled. You know, wow, there's some all these demonstrations. But, you know, when I when I really did the poll and we, we just did the, the Harvard Harris poll and I say in general, uh, in this conflict, do you side more with Israel or Hamas? It's 84 to 16 Israel. So there is incredibly strong support for Israel in this country. And if you're over 65, it's 95 to five. So if you're over 65 and you're talking to your friends, but if you're 18 to 24, it's only 52-48. So it explains how could there be such strong support for Israel in the country and by its leaders and such all these college campuses because they live in a different information environment. They grew up differently. They have a different connection to, 
Israel and the Holocaust and World War II and Schindler's List than the older generations have. So is that a failure, though, also of, of the administration, too? Because some of the administrators are out there, too, in some of the schools. Oh, I think we need another generation of college presidents, right, that are that, that are uh, that are more tolerant of free expression, that and have a moral fiber. More, uh, yeah, that promote more diversity of of viewpoint and faculty, and and you know I, I do think we need you know this has got to, this change has got to come from the top. I mean, when I went to college, we want to hear both sides of what the heck is going on, and then let the students decide what the heck is going on. Not that the professors drive you to a, to a decision. Yeah, and there's so much misinformation with these kids. 45% of the kids, 18 to 24, still believe that Israel hit the Gaza hospital, okay? And and they, they believe that Hamas didn't run Gaza, that Israel did. Uh, they, they're just, they're, you know, they live in their own information world driven by social media and and professors that are not, and universities that have not been all that helpful. Now, Obviously, Joe Biden is playing politics, Mark. Uh, you know, you've done so many great presidential polls through the years. You and I have talked about it over the years. I mean, my goodness, it's like he's afraid to condemn Rashida Tlaib, who espouses the theory that, you know, that Israel was behind uh, the hospital attack, even though she knows otherwise. I mean, even Joe Biden has said, no, that isn't the case. But he doesn't seem to want to rein in these folks on the Democratic Socialist side that are pushing this theory. Why is it all politics, obviously? Look, I, I think that is politics. I mean, 70 percent in the poll said that uh, Tlaib should be censured uh, for, for what she's saying. And I think there was a motion, you know, of censure, you know, introduced. Look, Biden uh, has not reined them in. That's true. But he has gone out there spoken very forcefully in favor of Israel. And while he has about a 40% job rating, he actually got, in my poll, a 58% approval rating for his handling uh, of Israel, which is far higher than on anything else he's done so far. Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't think I would give him anywhere near that, but but that's interesting, really interesting. Well, Mark Penn, we love you. you got to come back on again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. Wow. Well, what do we all stand for? Truth, justice, and the American way. We need God's blessing. Thank you so much for listening. Good night.